Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See a Podcast. I'm your host, Bill George. With me, as always, is AJ Rebecca. Hello. Uh, AJ, today yeah. we're going to talk about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. We are. We already had our Should I Go See It discussion in which I said yes, you said no. Yep. Now's a chance to dig in a little bit more. Uh, for those of you who already have seen the movie, that's what this podcast is intended for. So there will be spoilers. We're going to go really in-depth with the Last Jedi. So if you haven't seen this movie, take a second, go Pop back, back. Yep. grab the Should I Go See It episode uh, to get our takes in there. Then hopefully you go check it out, come back here. This is where we're going to get in depth. Yeah. So, AJ, yeah. since I know you have strong feelings. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, passionate. Uh, I'd love to know, for those who did see it, now they're coming back. They know that you said maybe not. Yeah. So what were the things that were holding you back from recommending it? I feel... So it should be called like Star Wars, the last movie I'll see at midnight because like, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted right now. I'm, I'm tired. Fair. But um, he, here's the thing is that I feel as though this movie had the best and worst of the Star Wars franchise, mm -hmm. all eight movies. Mm. It had um, presumably some of the best action and fighting scenes. It had some of some great epic, like truly epic moments, but it had probably... I think the worst writing and the worst pacing of any Star Wars film to date. Mm. And because of that and how those kind of factors made act one and act two just drag to me, just drag on. I feel like they try to make up with it in act three. And just for me, you, you can't, it's not like a comeback on a Patriots Super Bowl victory. You know, you can't just pull it out and then expect everyone to love it. And for those reasons is why I'm giving it, I gave it a no. Yeah. I, so I gave it a yes. And in my review, I wrote in there about the, the length and the pace uh, as an issue. So I, I agree yeah. in that sense that it was long. Uh, this movie, like like a lot of TV shows, have like an A, a B, and a C plot. So the A plot is the stuff with, Kylo Ren, Rey, and Luke. The B plot is taking place on the, on the ship with Poe Dameron and Leia. Uh, and then the C plot is Finn and Rose on their separate mission. So for me, the A plot of Kylo Ren and Rey is so strong. And them with their, uh, a friend of mine uh, called them FaceTimes, like their connection where they had scenes talking to each other, uh, was worth the price of admission alone. I thought they were so great. Their characters were great. The acting was great. The writing was great. They were the best part of Force Awakens, and they are why I enjoy this new trilogy. In fact, I like them so much that I, like Kylo Ren in this movie, say, out with the old, in with the new. Sure. Burn it down. I was glad when Han died. I was glad at the end of this when Luke died. Uh, Leia, I thought, actually should have uh, died in this movie. <laughs> when she passed in real life, they should have re-edited her scene to have her just die then, which would have been early on, yeah. made sense. Etc. Why they brought her back to do nothing in this movie? I, I just I don't really know. But yeah, going back to it. So the A plot I thought was was the best part. The B plot I agree some pacing issues, and then the C plot I think they could have cut at least twenty minutes out of, and then made the movie a little more manageable. So with but with all that said, I still loved it. I thought those people were so good in those roles, uh, and I'm really excited to see where they go with it now that they've knocked off yet another older character. I'm all about the new stuff. Cool. Let's just jump into it. Like, I mean, I think you brought a good point about 
character and character development. So like, if you don't mind, I think that's the first thing we should talk about. Sure. And I will agree with you that the, the, the dynamic relationship between Adam driver, uh, Kylo Ren and Ray played by D- Daisy Ridley was mm. the, the best, one of the best yes. parts of the film. Yes. It was so good. In fact, that you realize how bad of an actor Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher are <laughs> comma. <laughs> you also realize that John Boyega as a newer actor uh, John Boyega um, Play Finn. Play, plays Finn. Yeah. Is that he doesn't really have the clout nor the chops really to yeah. be yeah. A, a main figure in a gigantic universe, and Oscar Isaac, who plays Poe Dameron, who's mm. a phenomenal. I mean, he's done so many. Uh, he's movies. one of the best actors Inside, of our time. Inside Lewin Davis is probably one of the one of my favorite movies of the last ten sure. years. Is that he is playing this action star, but like he, I feel like he has to hold himself back in this movie and he really doesn't get to use his full range of acting in this movie and when you look at it as a whole you're just like shit like i'm kind of let down i feel great about kylo ren and and, and, ray, and yeah. ray but like yeah i thought i thought finn i liked finn in force awakens i thought he was a good presence i thought he was an interesting well, addition he's, he's green was, he's I, new he's just yeah, like fresh right, you right. know i was disappointed in his use in this movie i don't necessarily know how much i blame boyega versus the writing but I, yeah, I agree. He was he was a weird part. And Poe, I Oscar Isaac, we talked about, is fantastic. Uh, I actually liked him in this movie in the sense that they subverted expectations for the audience in terms of what most Star Wars movies would do. We're so used to having the brash, cocky pilot as our hero who we follow no matter what, and they're always the best, and they're always right, and we project ourselves to them. And this movie subverts that and says, no, 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 he doesn't know what he's doing. Laura Dern with the purple hair, she's the one who knows what's up. Uh, so I like that. For those who don't know, uh, Laura, uh, um, Laura Dern, American Treasure, Dr. Yeah. Ellie Sadler. Yeah, from in Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, you know? Plays sort of the 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 second in command once yeah, Leia goes I didn't down. I like her. Uh, I Just because you fine. can put your shit in, in your hand in Rhino shit doesn't make you better than everyone else. <laughs> I thought she was fine in this movie. I think Laura Dern's always great. So I thought that that was another. I, so that kind of leads to some of the things I loved about this movie was Ryan Johnson sort of subverting people's expectations and, and turning things on its head that I think a lot of hardcore star Wars fans are upset about now. Sure. Um, and I love that. I love that he, he did something different and mess with people a little bit like, um, Luke, uh, for instance, there was, a, a I love the plot line where they're on the Island trying to figure out whether Luke really was who we thought he was or not. Like when Kylo Ren is saying to Ray, like, did he tell you the real truth like about what actually happened? And yeah. for a while I thought they were actually going to have like sure. Luke be an asshole. And I yeah, was yeah, super yeah. psyched about it. But even the fact they hinted it and talked about it was great. And they subverted expectations with Snope a little bit. And with Ray's parentage, both those were things that like you figured that like Snope was going to be related to somebody or whatever. And then they just fucking knock him off. Yeah. And Ray, you figure she's going to be a Skywalker. She's going to be whatever. And that still could be true. But they say in this movie that her parents were nobody. And I love that fact because it goes back to the point, I think, of the original Star Wars, which is anybody could be the hero. Anybody could have the force. You have to find it within yourself. Which, it's not all yeah, about the which, Skywalkers. Which they, at the end of the movie, the, the stable boy is yes, able to exactly. use the force to... Reinforces that yeah. point that it could be anybody. And that that excites me about the movie because it's it, it shows more promise for future movies versus just stuck in this Skywalker. I just feel line. as a viewer who was so invested in The Force Awakens and, and loved how J.J. rebooted the series mm-hmm. that I feel like he set a couple things up that I think he had in mind how they were going to play out and they just didn't go that way. All right. So one time about awesome plot moments. That throne room battle yes, was so good. So, was probably the best 
Besides how Darth Vader kills everybody at the at the end of Rogue One, <laughs> yep. that seems up with the beginning of New yeah, Hope, yep, and yep. he just goes fucking ham for forty five <laughs> yes, seconds yes. killing everybody. This was the second best action scene of of Star Wars. Uh, the only one I would also throw in there is the Darth Maul Obi Wan Qui Gon. Okay, yep. Three way lightsaber fight. Yeah, that was that's probably my favorite. Rad. Yeah, but like them fighting the I think they're called like the Praetorian Guards. It's just their costume design was great. Oh, yeah. The whole room, the set design was great, and they just. When she force throws a lightsaber and he turns it on and goes through the guy's head, yeah, I was just like, like why can't the whole movie be like But this? you had that. You had uh, Laura Dern going light speed through the fleet. That, that was, was an awesome well, moment. That was more, not just that, but like the whole sound design oh, and yeah, how everything just kind of went. Mm. It, yeah. And you had the uh, the ADAT fight um, with like the, the salt on the salt planet. Uh, that yeah. was pretty good visually. I thought he did a, a bang up job with the direction. Uh the only exception being like the casino trip. That was that was an issue for me. Uh, the CGI was not as good in that, and it just kind of there was there's a lot of artificial plot elongation. I'll say sure, uh, which kind of like a video game mission, uh, and that was the C plot with Finn and Rose, and that was the only thing that didn't ring true to me because it was like they're tracking our jumps as we go to light speed so we need to eliminate their tracker which means we need to get on their ship which means we need someone who can get us there and then we need to crack the code which means we need to find a code cracker which means we go to the casino planet like yeah it just kept adding things and i'm like really this is what we're doing so like i don't want to grind a mission to get like you know yeah but again they kept intercutting that with the with the other plots and that a plot was so strong that i didn't notice as much so i agree that act two drags for sure but i think it does act three makes up for it like rose rose's character and Benicio del Toro, who plays like the hacker, yeah, those are two of the worst Star Wars characters of the entire universe, and they give them so much screen time yeah. and yeah. plot development that I don't know how you cannot be like this is actually awful. The only saving grace for Rose is she survived, so like we might get more payoff for that one. But, but then Benicio del Toro, I agree, because he's I, gone. So like, what was yeah, the point of that? But like I, and that's why like this whole like maybe this is going way too deep, like this whole Disney Marvel universe thing is that I don't want Rose to be in this movie and have so much screen time just to serve as a love interest for Finn in episode nine to wrap everything up. Mm -hmm. I find that just absolutely ridiculous. I am more... Do you agree with me? That it's a little far-fetched and a little Marvelarian, I guess, is a term. I don't know. I sure, just we'll coined it. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, We're I, history makers. See, I am very much invested in the Marvel Universe, uh, more so than the Star Wars Universe. Like, Star Wars, to me, I dig it. I think A New Hope is phenomenal. Every single thing about it is groundbreaking. Every line is classic. Like, I know that script, like the back of my hand, because it's just so good. Sure. A New Hope is outstanding. And it's the only one I truly love because it actually is a movie with a beginning, middle, and end. The rest of them are episodic, similar to Marvel movies, et cetera. So, and I am so accustomed to that, and I love the Marvel movies, and I love that style. So I think I'm more lenient than you are in terms of like, well, we'll see how it plays out. I get that this is just one more thing. Um, so I didn't mind it that much, and I didn't expect a ton of substance to this one because it's the middle movie. So you're not introducing anything new, so you're not going to break ground there, and you're not wrapping anything up, so it's not going to break ground there. So it really is just... How entertaining was the movement they did make? And I found it very entertaining. Uh, again, besides the that the, the, sure. with the caveat of that extra plot and like some of the dragging there. So I think part of it could be our expectations for Star Wars, the way we view Star Wars, that is making us uh, split on this, even though we have similar thoughts. Yeah. Uh, 
That's that's where I come down. Is to me, I didn't have super high expectations. I was like, yeah, Star Wars movies are always pretty fun. Let's give it a whirl. And I really, really liked what he did with it because it was so different. And because it's starting to get some hardcore Star Wars people upset. And I kind of like that. I can kind of <laughs> lean into that. I'm, I dig what Ryan Johnson's doing to kind of upset things. I feel like if I could rewrite the movie, just hear me out. I'm, I'm going to give you a three-second synopsis of my version of this movie, and I guarantee you at the end of it, you'll be like, holy fuck, I wish I saw that movie. So All right, go. Right. Sell me. So the, the New Order finds a rebel fleet. Yep. Kylo Ren goes to kill his mom, Carrie Fisher, in the thing, mm-hmm. but the two end up, the two little TIE fighters or whatever, blow it up. Right. Instead of her floating back Sailor Moon style <laughs> into the fucking aircraft... <laughs> Like Goku, like Super Saiyan level three, she explodes like into a dust of just oblivion. Like Carrie Fisher deserved to die that way in, in the movie. I agree. Right? Sure. And then Kylo Ren's like super fucked up by it. And he's like, mm-hmm. I gotta go like back and like figure it out. Mm-hmm. Ray is with Luke. She ha- she and him have a disturbance in the forest because they're like, Oh my god, your sister's dead. She she's training with them and then like she FaceTimes yep. Kylo Ren. Yep. And they're like, Well, you don't know, like Luke's a fucking dick and she's like he's <laughs> yep. a dick right she kills luke during training like just ethically <laughs> cuts, cuts him happen, in half yeah. right yeah she goes to find kylo ren they kill snope and everyone in that room yep hand in hand now it's like the new fucking world order that is the movie i wanted to see yeah and yeah, it's up to sure. paul Dameron and finn to be like the new the new Resistance Whatever. fighters. Yeah. And they have to build up their legion of, you know, good guys to fight them. But who's good and who's bad? That is a movie that I want to see. Uh, You're looking at me like I'm a crazy person. No, I'm not. I, I So <laughs> that was one of the main things I loved about this movie was the fact that there was there was a thought that Ray might join Ren and that they actually made the dark I was side so ready something for it. that was interesting and something that was that was seductive and could pull someone over. Because in the past movies, the dark side's sure. so nebulous and it's always just like, oh, it's evil. And in this case, you're like, ah, oh, Kylo Ren's making some good points. Uh, well, you saw it with Anakin. Uh, it's not the first time it's been done. That was the whole point of Anakin Skywalker. Uh, yeah, but I guess uh, there's, becomes dark there's a whole, fucking Vader. There's a whole. Don't act like no, one through no, three no, no, didn't no. happen. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna try. I'm trying to. <laughs> I've been actively trying to for years. Uh, but this was just a much better take How on. How great that, would it I be thought. if one of those Praetorian Praetorian guards <laughs> took off his head and it was like Hayden Christensen, Misa, <laughs> Misa Rain, <laughs> Misa Rain. You'd be like, holy shit, he's fucking alive! Kill him! Uh, uh, there's a bunch of rumor sites out there that talk about Jar Jar Binks secretly being a Jedi master. Yeah, they think that movies. Andy Kaufman's still alive and Jar Jar Binks yeah, right, is still alive. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that would have been great. I'd love to see Ren and Rey together. And and the, the throne room showdown was... was but that's the thing. If that. you want to turn the series on its head and you want to start a new chapter of whatever... Mm-hmm. Do it like that. Well, I think that's part of what they did it partially by having Kylo Ren now be the leader of the of the bad guys, yeah. in this case, the First Order. He's now Supreme Leader, which I think was a great move because in past Star Wars movies, uh, we've never had the, the main baddie like Snope, like Palpatine, has always been sort of an ancillary character sure. that we just like check in with once in a while. Now one of our main characters who we sympathize with because of Adam Driver's performance is now the leader of the bad guys. And I think that's going to open up really interesting possibilities to the next movie tonight. Yeah, but you're saying like just a little, like we saw it just a little bit. Like, I don't think that counts. I think it does count because it, it goes, well, this again goes back to expectations. They're not going to do it all. They're not going to do it all in one swing. Like it's the Marvel. They have three it's hours the to do style. it in. It's the Marvel style. 
And I, like, feel as I though, dig that this was a setup, yeah. just like I, I dig that Age of Ultron was basically a setup for Civil War. Like you see the connections and then you go from there. I like that. With 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 credit and with trailer, you're in that movie theater for three hours, and I feel like nothing really happened. Nothing really happened. How the to, fuck to quote, does, how the quote fuck, Russell Crowe, are you not entertained? How Is the, this not why you're here? How the fuck? I was entertained does for the Carrie three hours. Carrie Fisher die in real life? Rest her soul wherever she is. Right? They set her up by going into deep space and exploding into a into a icy fireball. That's the way to send her out. She fucking deserved that. And to bring her back in in the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the film ruined the entire experience until they got to Snopes Chamber. Ruined the film for me. Too much. You're putting too much emphasis. You got to be able to Why? move on. Move on from what? I'm trying to move on. Kill her. So they make one decision you don't agree with and you shut down and don't care about the that whole, whole rest movie, of the movie was at a like the throttle was at a thousand for like two hours and 15 minutes of it slow it the fuck down like get some characters to get like a little bit more slow developed. it down you're complaining about pacing and now you that's what i'm saying the pace the pace was too fast too for the whole movie fast. i thought we were talking about the fact that it's too slow no, no the casino trip the casino. and the back and forth on the ships was too slow they could have cut no. that trimmed it we can be moving no. this is space baby <laughs> fucking bring back jar jar We'll put him in all that little red crimson guard shit. All right. I don't know. So, I, I'm just, I, I feel like I need I need either a drink or a coffee or a nap because <laughs> I'm tired and I'm cranky. I'm really interested to see what the discussion is going to be two years from now when we come back here well, and you talk about episode nine. Here's my, here's my end up rap sure. thing. After I, when I went into it, I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy that they bring back J.J. Abrams. I know he had like a big contract. They brought him, they like bought him out of that to bring him back for episode nine. Mm-hmm. After watching this, I know exactly why they did it. And I know why Daisy Ridley, when she interviewed for Rolling Stone, said she was in tears of happiness that they brought J.J. Abrams back. Because this last film that I watched was utter bullshit and did not need to take part in this universe. And they could have skipped right over it because it just, it, it's, it, it's not memorable. Done. Oh, disagree. I think there's plenty of memorable stuff in it. We already talked about a number of the action scenes. I think Ryan Johnson did a nice job. I like uh, the changes that he made and the things that he did to go against the grain. Uh, I think it was a good entry. I thought it was a good. Sure. I thought it was a good entry. And just like I think everyone else, a lot of critics right now are completely torn on this it is. film. It's and we would very, love to yes. hear your thoughts on sure. on social. Uh, you can find yeah. this. Bill. Yeah, leave a comment on the uh, the Instagram review at Should I Go See It. Uh, you can also leave comments on the site if you go to Should I Go See It dot com. Uh, yeah, very divisive movie, uh, and that's that's what's entertaining. That's that's why we go to the movies. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Should I Go See It.